Come to this again, once more, one more time, once more, my fellows, to the podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. We are back. We're talking movies. Usually, we uh, talk about one or two movies at a time. Today, we're going to do a bit of a different uh, jump angle. around a little, yeah, uh, because we're going to be talking about a man. We lost one of the greats recently, and one who's had. Quite the nice resurgence in career for the last 15 years of his life, Sid Haig. Yes, Sid Haig, a very famous, very memorable character actor, passed away in September of this year at age 80. He uh, is best known recently for the Rob Zombie movies, but Mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. one of those careers that goes back to the 60s, and he's just in every kind of movie. Yeah, one of the legendary character actors. He, he really is. He, he's true, in everything. Uh, true genre film legend. Genre films, exploitation movies, uh, straight up horror, but uh, just a lot of biker stuff and mob stuff. And oh yeah, a lot of heavies. Everything in between. A lot of killing. Uh, he's a big guy, usually was bald, got a big dome head, usually mm. bearded, has crazy eyes. Oh man. Has some of the most crazy facial <laughs> expressions that have ever come out of a person yeah <laughs> and uh that's why he's loved one I mean, of the best on-screen presences just a presence yeah tons of stuff just a guy that can do so much with uh not even having any dialogue in a movie yes but which he, uh, which we'll get into huh? which, should we start there then uh yeah we recently um had a little sil- Sid Haig fucking film festival a Sid Haig fucking film festival triple feature actually triple feature Rare, um, rare for yeah. Just to do a one-off, do a little uh, research here. Yeah, we wanted, uh, and then I had just seen Three from Hell, right? With Devil's Rejects, right? Which was before, like a week before he died. You know that that double feature happened. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It happened like right after. It's true. Uh, I guess I'll I'll do a, a just a short thing on that. I saw Three from Hell. Right, go Sid ahead. Haig yeah, is I o- haven't seen it. Sid so. Haig is only in uh, one scene of the movie. Is that right? Uh huh. Okay. And because uh, I saw it with a screening of Devil's Rejects, it was one of the Fathom events playing on one night only, mm-hmm. like they do. They do that now. It's yeah. weird. Uh, it, the it, Jay and Silent Bob reboot is getting the same thing. Where yeah. It's going to play like one night. I'm like, really? <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob can't even hold a week at a theater. I know. It's I, weird. I don't get. I, I I don't know enough about the intention of what they want. If yeah. Just, I don't know. And but yeah, the zombie one played like three different nights, but the double feature was only playing one night, and so we saw Devil's Rejects, and uh, we'll talk a bit about more about that okay. later. That's I mean, but that is for today's audiences. That's what he's best oh, known as, far and away, uh, as Captain Spaulding, uh, one of the psychotic. Uh, God, now I just for, I just blanked on the family name. There, oh, the, the Firefly, uh, the Firefly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's psychotic uh, clown guy, and uh, but yeah, he he's. Been in movies, uh, and we've loved him in movies like The Dawn is Dead, and uh, <laughs> yeah. just seeing him in everything. But yeah, we did a little research because there were a few movies uh, outstanding that either I had not seen or, or you wanted to see again. Yeah. So uh, one's the, one specifically that I wanted, well, two that I wanted to show you, and then one that we really wanted to watch. Right. Because of a recent, because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start with. Uh, let's start with Spider Baby. Spider Baby. Or. The maddest story ever told. <laughs> that's that's the full title that's of the, the movie. Yeah, full title. <laughs> Thank you for getting the full title right. Um, yeah. And this movie is uh, old enough that it's got kind of the uh, jangly, upbeat theme song that goes in front well, of it. The theme song is, it would be on a short list of my favorite movie theme songs. It It is sung by Lon Chaney Jr., Mm-hmm. Who's in the movie? One of his late, late roles. That's the that's the Wolfman and uh, yeah, classic horror actor. Yeah, yeah. the Wolfman. Universal, Man, you know, yeah. but was in far more than that. Right, he, he probably three hundred movies or something. Right, he was an excellent actor, makeup pioneer. So this was one of his later movies, 
and it is not a dog in it performance. Oh no. This movie Spider Baby or you know the maddest the maddest ever told. The mad mad maddest. That whole theme song is just this great like it's like it's good enough to be like a cool holiday novelty song. Yeah. Oh, you it's know? like a jingle basically. Dun, 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 dun. It's like something crazy like screaming Jay Hawkins kind of right beat behind it like a shuffling thumping beat with <laughs> Lon Chaney singing this song about ghouls and ghosts and ghosts. Like, oh, this movie's all It's basically the monster mash is what it is. It's totally. Yeah. It's but a, but a little, little, little darker. A little <laughs> darker than the old monster mash. It's a little madder. Yeah, a little madder. <laughs> and so already the movie's like, oh, so this is just the best. Got it. It's, it's late 60s, but it's black and white because it's not, it's, it's a cheapy. Yeah, super cheapy. Uh-huh. And it really feels like higher budget it feels like John Waters making Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I could see that, it's yeah. It's got that dirty people outside of society vibe with right. the Lon Chaney's family, of which Sid Haig is one of the Sid Haig is, is the kids. This family has got this weird genetic uh, disease where you get dumber as you get older, basically, mm-hmm. until you reach the point of being almost proto-human like an animalistic person. Yeah. Then they got to keep you in the basement because you just eat anything that comes across you. But Sid Haig is basically the pinhead of the family. Yes. He doesn't have any single word of dialogue, but he is uh, just one of the most animated characters. It's really like an Andy Circus performance. Yeah, he's he, it's he's like a little facial. spider monkey jumping around and climbing right the you know the building and just. It's a weird, uh, it's like weird performance. It's like almost like he's playing a baby. Like the yeah. the idea is that he's been regressing to this point of like he's basically mentally Benjamin Buttoning right yeah. now, and he's at the baby stage, and he uh, he's just terrifying and kind of funny and all these things because he's a huge dude. Yeah. He's he's pretty clean shaven in this one. Yeah, he's like a weird hairless looking guy. He's, and, uh, yeah, in so this he's movie. he's got this hairless kind of look, and uh, yeah, he just looks like a giant baby who's lumbering around, and then he's lumbering committing around murders. like like Donkey Kong in the Donkey Kong uh, <laughs> Country games. Oh, totally. It's just this yeah, yeah. He does. He he has very much kind of like a just tumbling around, somersaulting yeah. everywhere yeah. for some reason. It's yeah. such a weird. Uh, it's such an odd role that he just rushes as ralph yep yeah and the whole family though the movie i think for being cheap uh i think it looks gorgeous i think the black and white really adds to the the weird and the charm the lighting is cool yeah Mm -hmm. it's got this very dramatic uh post-noir kind of look to it in a lot of ways and there's these two sisters at the front of the family who are juvenile but deadly and the one is the spider who keeps killing people and the oh other one gosh. is is the the sister who is obsessed with people hating you or not hating you and yeah she's uh, such like a little they're Danian. just such a creepy te- uh, like a team oh yeah such a creepy team i love i loved him so much and the the girl who's the spider who i think is so great in spider baby really not in a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. uh i've seen you know it's like in the teens acting credits wise oh yeah this was like a first role and then it was all like a cup you know an episode of adam 12 or an episode of you know just different Mm -hmm. one-off tv appearances but she's so good and like oh you gotta pay that to uh this is jack hill jack hill yeah he's the writer director Mm -hmm. um, who had a killer career you could do great episode of this on jack hill movies a lot of Pam Greer stuff. Kept say, working with Sid Haig and all that stuff. Right. Like Jack Hill. Jack Hill was a weird smut uh, <laughs> action smut exploitation director. Kind of a, like a little bit of Roger Corman in him. Totally. Got a little bit of the William Castle kind of classic uh, House on Hunted Hill aesthetic to oh, him. Oh yeah. You know, but the kind of guy that would yeah put a, a buzzer in your seat. To, <laughs> yeah, there's to shock a little bit of that. Right. And uh, and Spider Baby was really, you could tell like that early Corman stuff where Corman was really trying to make like class pictures on a budget, mm-hmm. you know, before he devolved into like, wait a minute, I can make <laughs> all sorts of pictures on a on no budget, right? Like, and uh, which is great. 
but this is totally uh kind of a trashy movie that's what made me think of texas chainsaw or john Mm -hmm. waters but with like a classy production to it you know it doesn't feel cheap Mm -hmm. it is it was definitely very inexpensive but it looks very nice and it's very simple because it's all mostly in one building. They're dilapidated, gray right. gardens esque right. mansion that they inherited. He's like the caretaker, and their parents, you know, regressed into dumbness. They're basically baboons down in the basement that they have to yeah keep locked away. Yeah, and so and, this uh, is like a family, you know, living on their own outside of society. They establish that they eat. You know, roadkill <laughs> and uh, whatever they can find, and really. mushrooms from the neighboring field. You know, just a bunch of weirdos. There's a, there's a, they're on their own grid. They're on their own grid. But then, basically, the plot is that the the cousin or some kind of distant family member is there to yeah take over the estate, as it were. Sure. And you got to get a look at the got to get a look. At what he's you know inheriting here, and so they're the people that don't want their way of life interrupted. They just want to be yeah. out there, not bothering. How anyone. crazy would Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a movie have been if it was like the uh, real estate assessor coming out to like get <laughs> yeah. the you know value of the house or whatever? Well, we're putting it up on the on the auction block. Uh, you guys haven't paid your mortgage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shove, clank, <laughs> hook. Instead of just dumb teens. It's dumb just te- a, uh, teens who come across the, it. The local property tax uh, <laughs> governance board. Uh, have you registered all these vehicles? Under the <laughs> <tent here? laughs> and uh, But Spider Baby is just one of the, you know, classic cheap drive-in weird family mm-hmm. kind of movies. But it's got to be in the running for the best. It's like, up there. It's, it's so it's cool. Very entertaining, and uh, yeah, Sid Haig is just a, kind of a smaller part in it, but a great memorable yeah, he's, role. He's an important part because yes, this a bunch of people come stay with the this uh, weird family. Mm-hmm. It's a real nothing but trouble situation. Yeah, there's that definitely. <laughs> Maybe that's what nothing but trouble was trying to do. Yeah, like the unofficial sequel. When you go and stay with this family with Ralph and Spider Girl. You're gonna get nothing but trouble. Nothing but from trouble this, from this place. But it's just—it's like a, almost like this kind of masterclass in silent film. Oh yeah. Expression that Sid Haig uses because again he's uttering no dialogue, so everything's on his face, every emotion, every confusion. He's just uh yeah. It's, I wouldn't be you know I don't really know was he classically trained or something because it seems I, like I don't he's actually know his acting. He's so much background. I mean that's the thing. He's he's a heavy in so many things, a, a gang member or this or that. But he's got so much more going on in his characters yeah, well, and in his performances than just a tough. That's what led to him uh, having such a big gap in his acting career. If you mm. look at his 80s and 90s repertoire. Right. Didn't really huge, work in the like, 90s outside of... year gaps yeah. in there. He was done with acting because he was tired of getting heavy roles. Mm-hmm. And you see him in something like Spider-Baby given this total wordless, you know, pantomime kind of performance. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, yeah, this guy this guy really does want to stretch out a bit, you know, do some weird things. He, yeah, I, I, it's obvious that he is taking it seriously. It's a craft. Yeah. He's a master at it. it that's, what, that's what's so surprising. He's so young in 67 when he's making this movie, but he's already just like a veteran. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, was, Maybe he'd already been in twenty things by then. You know, I don't. It's possible. I'm not doing enough research. Yeah, we're not. Here, but we, we don't have the. We saw some movies. Today. You know, what are we, we watched do? some. We watched a bunch of Sid Haig. Is and, impressive. And uh, I love uh, just as the family starts to kind of turn on these outsiders, mm-hmm. and they all do it in their own different way. And the one, you know, the one girl's uh, almost seduction of one of these guys mm-hmm. for killing him. As a spider, the spider is very uh, yeah. All the, all the kids. Were I could great. I could see this movie having a huge effect on Robert Smith and and the Cure and <laughs> the, that aesthetic of the spider because it feels very much like that. Pro she's like proto goth. Oh yeah, girl in this kind of a thing. These two sisters are super goth. Yeah, one of them has the lighter hair, but they all have the dark underline and. 
oh yeah these are the weird girls <laughs> at school these are the cool girls <laughs> and yeah the, as the family begins turning on we keep getting stuff that i imagine had to be pretty shocking for what 67 68 whenever this came out yeah 67, like once yeah. we keep you know finding out what's in this family's basement and how they're dispatched like this is some pretty dark heady stuff for uh six seven but it plays great as camp while also being pretty effective as horror mm-hmm. you know this is this is a really great movie that i think you were telling me earlier you said uh just went unseen for a long time i think i, th- I think it might have even been like a lost movie for many years oh like where interesting. it was just uh yeah, it was just unseen for so long and was kind of rediscovered. One of those movies that, that people had seen in small amounts and then the only thing surviving of it was the original takes on the... Right. Uh, that kind of thing? Yeah, something like that where they yeah found some reels in the basement and, yeah, yeah. and kind of revived it. And I actually have a Laserdisc release of Spider-Baby that came out <laughs> in the late 80s. We uh, didn't watch it on Laserdisc. No, no, no. That's, that's he the came other. over and watched movies, but we didn't bring... He he's brought over plenty of laser discs before, but oh yeah, we we just watched this straight, straight up. We wanted to see the best cop because that black and white just sings. It was good on uh, high def. Yeah, it's like one of the best uses of high def now. I love how black and white movies look, and Spider Baby just is so vibrant in its cheapness. Yeah, was that on the uh, the Amazon or something? The Prime. I don't know where it was. It's on one of the services. And mm-hmm. the copy looked really good. Uh, it was really clean. But it's just such a cool, weird movie. Yeah. And there's been some failures in the weird family genre. You know, it's a tough gambit to make a bunch. You can make an annoying. Well, you got to make family. them weird, but not too weird, but not too not weird. And yeah, uh, and I thought I loved all the characters. But... I loved Lon Chaney Jr. in this as kind of the. Uh, the straight man mm-hmm. he's the guy just minded he's like kermit at the muppet show he's like flipping out that nothing's right. going right like oh no you killed another you killed the mailman oh, exactly. come every, on. every time he turns away they're doing something terrible he's yeah. like now what did i tell you about that terrible thing you're not supposed to do <laughs> yeah and then literally yeah like she did a terrible thing <laughs> yeah he's just like kind of exasperated he's just driving this crazy crazy train (laughs) and just put in charge as the guy who's like i had no idea what i was getting into but now i'm in too deep yeah and so it's just this great great late career performance from a total legend but yeah so you hadn't seen uh you had not seen spider no no i had i got it on the disc uh but hadn't actually popped it in yet is this a newer disc uh yeah yeah i picked it up in a lot pretty recently so i hadn't yeah hadn't had a chance definitely on the list and uh you were i'm glad we saw that this is i think that that movie is what kind of spurned this because uh when he died you immediately were like hey i got this weird movie totally nobody's ever seen it on laserdisc and then I had to be the dummy who's just like, oh, yeah, I've seen that a couple times. I've seen it a few times of me being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, totally, well, yeah. sure, yeah. Then we'll, I mean, people uh, have seen it. Yeah, some people I get have seen it, yeah. It. Well, I'll go, yeah. That's all Turner Classic Movies, man. They they play this movie uh, like TCM. once a year. How, how amazing is that? <laughs> That's nice. But this is it's just such its own cool thing. Definitely one of the best horror movies of the 60s. Check it out. It came yeah. out right around, uh, like, what i guess night of the living dead would have been yeah maybe right before and obviously a way different uh way different tone but it's just yeah it's got that 60s camp to it but also some cool cool stuff john waters came out what pink flamingos was four years after this five Mm. years and i don't know i i have to imagine spider baby ranks super high on his list of movies there's too much of a connection could be with that kind of family and the type of families that he would yeah the type of family life he would portray in his movies so i have to imagine that's like a big john waters movie so let us know john i'm pretty sure a lot of people listening might not have seen this so this is one that you should seek out check it out yeah yeah we were seeing so like i said i saw three from hell he's in one scene and he looks pretty frail uh-huh. In the scene, very like thin, kind of gaunt, but still cool. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's still got like big old gray salt and pepper beard, and the gauntness just kind of makes his bug eyes look uh, even more expressive. Right, he's got great bug eyes. And so he's only in one scene of the movie, and uh, and three from hell was was fine. It was it felt a little redundant. Uh, I'm a big Devil's Rejects fan, and it was uh, seeing them back to back was really uh, oh this was the not as good version of the movie we just watched right. before it. Uh, it not having Sid Haig as much was to its detriment. Sure. He's such a I'd strong... Imagine. He's the best. So is it like two and a half from hell, really? Because isn't he one of the three? No. Uh, there's like a like a half-brother okay. that gets introduced. I've never seen 31, but I guess this guy was like a main villain in uh, 31. Interesting. So a guy within the zombie canon. The zombie-verse. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we say zombie birds. Um, Coining it. Uh, <laughs> so there's that guy comes into the mix with uh, Bill Mosley and Sherry Moon Zombie. Sure. And there's a lot of Sherry Moon Zombie acting like a mental patient. Bill Mosley, I really like in the, the Otis character, except this was the first day I noticed that he's... A total Will Forte character. <laughs> he is uh, especially Will Forte in "I Think You Should Leave" <laughs> right. on the airplane. That's basically the older version of Otis Firefly. Nice. <laughs> and I noticed that. And now you've like, just ruined that well, for people. Can't unsee this. Yep. Still love it, but this is different now. Totally different vibe. Uh, but Sid Haig is so, I mean, epic mm. in Devil's Rejects. That is such a singular performance. Uh, so the movie was missing that same energy. And that's probably the best way to describe, you know, the presence that we were talking about Sid Haig having was just, it's yeah, an energy. He brings an energy to everything he's in, even if he's in the background or without dialogue. He's bringing uh, just more buzz to the yeah, screen. Yeah, you look more... at any part of the screen he was in, in uh, Spider Baby. Mm-hmm. You know, at like the dinner table uh, scene, sure. you know, even if the focus wasn't on him, he's just doing something. You know, I kind of like those kind of... He's adding to Kind of like those hams. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what makes you a great character actor is that they're always able to live in the scene and oh, enhance yeah. it somehow. Whether they're, you know, dancing with a shotgun in the background of Roadhouse or, <laughs> uh, you know... Scratching your back with a shotgun yeah, exactly. butt like John Doe. <laughs> the best background actor in history yeah but uh, yeah <laughs> can't wait till john doe dies so we get to do the john doe oh, episode no. that's don't, the blessing don't, and the curse. don't do no. it but so uh since i had seen uh three from hell recently and sid Haig is so great in his uh, one scene again not that this is oscar worthy per se but it's my old talking point of there needs to be the award for the under 10 minutes in a movie mm-hmm. kind of role you got five or six minutes of Sid Haig in like his last role and it was great that needs to be brought up somehow you know celebrated right but so once he passed we knew there was so much stuff he's in our infamous uh, cup of names sure and so we knew we wanted to see a couple of his flicks so we got together and watched now what order did we we didn't do Spider Baby first. We didn't do no. I think we did CC and Company first. <laughs> uh, the uh, movie that's been on our minds ever since. We can't stop thinking about CC uh, and Company ever since it was featured as as the trailer that plays in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when when Sharon Tate is walking in to see the Wrecking Crew. You yeah, see, you see CC and Company you get that in the great background. Old trailer that uh, you knew Tarantino had a film reel of that he oh, just yeah. wanted to use. And it's a great, Somehow. it's a like a biker movie. You know from the trailer, you, you know Joe Namath is in it for some reason. A football player <laughs> acting in a movie. <laughs> Those sideburns. He looks uh, like a girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Margaret uh, from Bye Bye Birdie is in this biker movie for some reason. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you also have the great Wayne Cochran music playing. Oh, yeah. So, so Wayne just Cochran so, and the CC Riders. And the CC Riders. CC Riders. This is like a movie made from a Wayne Cochran song. Basically. Starring Joe Namath. It's great. 
And, and it's a great trailer. And ever since we saw it in that movie, we've been like, ah, oh. well, I mean, I have yeah, been like, wanting oh, to see this movie. CC and company. And then found out Sid Haig's got a small uh, part as one of the bike gang. Uh, yeah, we both found that out kind of like a uh, similar time. But yeah, he's he's got a small part. But again, really memorable stuff. William Smith is the main villain. And it also has Bruce Glover. Uh, Crispin oh, Glover's yeah. dad, yeah, who is a weirdo in his own. If you don't know, if you like Crispin Glover, Bruce Glover is the same batch of weird. Nice. You see a direct line from Bruce Glover to Crispin Glover. The apple and didn't so, fall uh, far from the weird tree. Having the two main henchmen bikers be Bruce Glover and Sid Haig, that's Pretty strong. Cool. Yeah, that's strong henchmen. Yeah, right there. So, uh, but, yeah, we saw this movie. It but, turns out it's not really a motorcycle movie oh my god uh this movie you would not have known this by the trailer by the way but no uh, you would not know anything about the main (laughs) plot of this movie the main plot of the movie is joe namath in the bike gang um develops a passion i think you would say for motocross motocross it's a motocross movie it's like rad yeah or, uh, it is rad 15 years before rad but yeah done it's, in the late 60s it's it's a motocross movie joe namath wants to quit his bike gang yeah he's in a motorcycle gang he's in, uh, who are just choppers a, just a bunch big, of head kickers yeah just a bunch of vest wearing, uh, vest wearing, just the gang you think of when you think yeah. of the biker gang. But he's losing interest in the gang because he's developed a burgeoning interest in motocross. He, they, it's uh, one of the most baffling turns in a movie <laughs> yeah. that I, I could ever imagine happening. He, yeah, they, they literally are one of those gangs that just rides the highway, sleeps down by the river, drinks. And uh, one day they come across a motocross track, just out in the and desert, and take it in. <laughs> and they decide to take it in, and uh, and they're just and they're real jerks about watching the motocross. Yeah, they're like, look at these so, guys on little before, dirt bikes. And, so when we we get introduced to this bike gang, and on paper, I'm already like, this is a kick-ass bike gang. It's a cool bike. William gang. Smith is like the baddest ass of the '60s yeah. actors. He's the head honcho. He was huge. He was a huge dude. He looked like a professional wrestler. Yeah, he was like, like from a, today though. He was like a big two hundred and sixty pound wrestler actor when that was not a thing you saw on screen. Right. So he was just this tall, overly muscled guy. <laughs> Before that was just a you know Before the rock that, on ballers. Right, exactly. That always like, happened. Yeah. Um and Sid Haig is wearing this great kind of like Viking helmet as his yeah. character's he's the, thing. He's the dude in the bike gang with the weird helmet. Yeah. There's always a guy with like weird handlebars or uh-huh. like a in like a weird helmet. It's like, oh, that guy's like the weird biker. That guy's the, the he's the wild card he's, yeah, of exactly. the bike gang. So, so yeah, he's got the Viking helmet as his helmet. Cool. He's the good look. Oh, cool. Sid Haig's. The weird guy. You've got like the, the one kind of like hippie looking biker a little bit. Kind of has a John Lennon oh, kind of sure. glasses look. Uh, yeah, and and Glover is just uh, like if David Crosby was more of a drunk like yeah, Bruce, weirdo. Bruce Glover is a, a weirdo. Yeah, it was just cool. He's one of the weirdest Bond villains. Ever. Oh, he's a Bond villain? Uh, not the main villain, but the two lesser one of the earlier lesser villains oh, okay. that bond dispatches in a different part of the scheme oh nice uh i forget which which one it is hmm. for your eyes only or one of those one of the ones around this period though look like it up early guys 70s we can't do everything for you yeah it's a, <laughs> their death happens on like a cruise ship it's like oh, him yeah. and another guy oh um is it the diamonds one diamonds are forever yeah, yeah that yeah. one's got him and this kind of a uh, guy with glasses who are yeah. this great weird, just a weird like men assassin duo. duo or something. Or an oddball, yeah. So that's Bruce. Oh, Glover. I remember that. That's like yeah, his, okay. uh, yeah. Those guys are great. Yeah. So he's that's one funny. of the weirdest, coolest Bond villains. Bruce. So on paper, you're like, this movie is gonna be the shit. <laughs> what what hijinks won't these bikers yeah. get up to? Right. And that's when we find out. So, I don't even know how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> So I know the only thing I know about motorcycle gang culture is from the films that I have beloved. Yeah. Ride or die. Cece and Company has a lot of things that I assume 
from my research bikers mm-hmm. do the drinking themselves to sleep sure, in the sure. desert the party the constant partying uh, yeah the misogyny <laughs> <laughs> right feels like a misogynistic group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh the a lot of women treated as objects in in movie bike gangs sure absolutely um a lot of infighting you know a lot of cool vests posturing and in peacocking the, so all that was all that was there these guys loved beer they loved lying in dirt while they drank their beer off the side of the road this felt like a bike game they liked havoc they liked just causing trouble but this what was the name of the game you had it earlier what's that their their gang what were they called oh uh man i don't know i blinked i thought you you had it you had it earlier you said so and so is the leader of the blank anyway it's like a motorcycle gang. Like the, oh, they're the heads. The heads. The heads. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Two different members of the gang have sidecars. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Always like sidecar guy in my in my bike gang movie. But we get this weird biker trait that I didn't know of, where they just like to fall down a lot. <laughs> they just like to eat shit for the yucks. Yeah, they really didn't have a problem spilling out. They just and, loved uh, crashing. crashing their bikes into shit. Yeah, and then just like, just like falling over and a log. Think it was funny. <laughs> and yeah. every and then they would just bust up laughing. It's like, look at that guy. He like face planted into the creek. Yeah, and they all just and then the guy would stand up just like I did it. I face planted <laughs> into the creek. It's just right. like, what are they? This is what they do the, the, yeah, all the, day the when great, they're not looting. The great scene that's like kind of does that where they find this motocross track. It's it's this off road track, and they decide yeah. to take the choppers out on this yeah, track. Exactly, and oh, each one of them eats shit. And eventually, <laughs> the people watching the race first they're like, "Hey, get those guys out of here! Oh, what are they doing?" Uh, yeah, and then eventually they're like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? Like they're just crashing, and you kind of see the people just like, all right. It's really I like guess. let's go into town and mess with some heads yeah. by by crashing our bikes. Yeah, like, and the townspeople are like, who are these dummies? They're just yeah, they're kind of raising their hands and like they're just confused, confused by yeah. the bike gang's antics like, instead of terrorized by it. Yeah, what do you? It's like these guys are can just you guys causing, leave. Yeah, <laughs> they're wrecking their property, we're just delaying our just our heat to mess here. up this race. Yeah, <laughs> it's a the the vibe of this gang really weird way of presenting themselves to the general terrorized public totally and so yeah you just get bikers like hey wouldn't it be funny if we went on this motocross track and then you just get a huge ass bike falling down a hill because they can't hit what wait it's gotta hurt the giant chopper falling on you like that so you're pranking them by risking injury and expensive motorcycle payments what are right what are we doing cc and yeah, company exactly it's, it's the crazy. weirdest turn in the movie i had no idea there was motocross in the movie i figured oh, no. i figured it would be a movie like i knew ann margaret was in it we knew joe namath was in it we knew they would get together we sure. got a lot of joe namath <laughs> he he took up some scenes yeah and uh was definitely joe namath in the movie. He was namathing it up. And Margaret, I don't understand why she was in it. She's sweeter. Her career is bu- strange. Yeah. You look at the movies she was in, it's just like, I would not have predicted it. She had a unique yeah. career. Yeah. She had a good one. But, it, but in this one, it's just like, she's just doing a cheap bike movie? What? Totally. And yeah, Joe Namath is like the sensitive guy in the heads. Sure. Who's kind of just thinking there might be something else out there other than purposely falling down all day <laughs> before it gets to beer time <laughs> there's got to be more than this you guys also here's this was a, a a weird thing that we didn't expect and we don't know it we couldn't figure this out if it was an error on imdb or a bad print from amazon remember we tried watching the print in two different spots right it's yeah an ugly not pretty this one was not restored movie. at all no but also it's like a firm pg uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah oh right because it said r on, on the, imdb it said, it said rated r. r and so we're like yeah they're gonna grab boobs they're right. they're irreverent bikers you thought there's gonna be like a knife fight there's no blood 
no blood. Or nudity, so it's like, these guys are jerks. There's no real use of any weapon. But it's like a PG bike game There's no movie? swearing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's bizarre that uh, it would have... Which maybe, I know Maybe it's... just anything with bikers would have gotten that rating in, you know, 69 or whatever, you know, this this comes out, but... Yeah. Yeah, very tame, very tame movie about <laughs> a guy who just spends half the movie learning to motocross yeah, and then competing in motocross competitions. We get some real-time motocross races. I did not know. We laps. were going to get laps we, and laps we, and laps. We, it's like we get all five laps of the race. This and, movie uh, is just an Excite Bike ad. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. And I was kind of saying during the movie, I was like, here's my theory, is that Today, we can go on YouTube and watch all the biking videos we want. <laughs> sure. Even in the growing up in the 90s, you had ESPN 2, 3, 4, and 5, which yeah, would show yeah. exports. That didn't exist in the 60s. <laughs> this I, is like 70s. Well, 69, well, 70. Exist, but. but I don't th- I think I don't think CBS is airing the motocross race. <laughs> I think you either have to go to the track or you make a movie like this for the motocross enthusiast who just is gotta get that action (laughs) i get the need i get that need for that hot cross action you gotta get them hot cross buns i get it you gotta get that dirt flying man but i didn't know that's what we were getting oh yeah absolutely it was confusing i was not expecting so much motocross i thought it was gonna be in the trailer that you see in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you see a big old fight between sure. William Smith and Joe Namath. Yeah, you see some fisticuffs. You see people on motorcycles. Yeah, not motocross dirt bikes. Mm-mm. Yeah, you don't see motocross. No, you. They hid. Tarantino knew to hide that aspect of the yeah. movie. I think maybe the trailer knew too. I don't maybe. know. Trailer gave us plenty of Wayne Cochran. They well, knew. Will. Uh, oh. <laughs> I think we should just wrap it on Wayne Cochran because the I, best. I mean, he was the he was the real reason. The reason this movie existed. This. Yeah, Wayne Cochran is probably the most funny, unexpected scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood until the ending, <laughs> where you're just watching this weird performer. He makes the weirdest singing faces. And he's got his big old white pompadour. He's the guy in the trailer that, yeah, they cut to him in the basically the red leather outfit, full jumpsuit getup, uh-huh. with the giant white the marshmallow white top of head. Yeah. It's the fakest thing, but Doing it's his not even shuffle. At, it's not, his pompadour is not even at its most crazy in CC and Company. I don't even understand how it works, because a pompadour, to me, is hair that's going up. His hair seems to flop over the front in some way that just, like, Totally does something different. To oh yeah, me that it's I physics defined. Don't understand. It's yeah. amazing hair. Oh, it's beautiful it's, stuff. It's, it's wild. And but, so, but you just get a quick glimpse of that. In we're the a little disillusioned with the movie up to this point. <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be more. Joe Namath is like a diner owner in a town. Oh, I see. And, and William gonna Smith run comes them. in and and hassles him. Gotcha. And he's the guy that's the hero. Yeah. Instead, Joe Namath's just a guy in the gang who's like, guys, I'm just not feeling the gang. Totally. Like, I just kind of want to leave, but just do different adjacent stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm more. In, I thought it was he gonna... was more into the biking. Yeah. He was like, I want to ride bikes. I think bikes can do more than what we've been <laughs> using them for, guys. So once I saw this cross, I'm hooked. Uh, his whole world just I'm opened up. I'm hooked on up. the sea. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be more William Smith kicking the shit out of local shop owner. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, Not William Smith uh, falling asleep drunk, but also falling down. (laughs) (sighs) But But, it's worth it for the one scene where they go see Wayne Cochran live in concert. Joe Namath. That's how they just fit a whole full song into a movie, which is great. I love that stuff. They just go and... Joe Namath takes Anne-Margaret to see Wayne Cochran and his CC Riders. CC Riders! And yeah, there's a couple Wayne Cochran songs in the movie. And it basically turns into an episode of like Soul Train at that point, where you just have the full song playing, the band on stage, people dancing, you're cutting around people dancing like it's top of the pops. Yeah, it becomes like a sick concert video. It's uh, yeah, it's a nice little break from the motocross. (laughs) It's it was it is because it was getting pretty heavy with the cross. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's like, most, let's break this up. The most welcome break. <laughs> when we got the, you get, it's like at the county fair and you get the cool handmade billboard outside that says Wayne Cochran. And then it's like the room we were just like, oh, okay, <laughs> yes, yes. Here we go. Shoot it what in the veins right here. This yeah. was what we're here for. Uh, and it. we get, he's such a great performer who later quit music to be a evangelist which you can see he makes the best weird faces when he sings his songs and his music is tight it's very tight his songs are great he does look like he is exercising the demons when he's singing oh yeah up on the... it's a great white james brown routine it's cool far and away the best part of cc and company yeah if you can somehow just get that clip of the concert scene maybe just yeah. watch that but sid Haig had a cool little bit you know he uh they have a nice kind of showdown where joe namath and and uh, the big guy have to race around yeah. the track and yeah it comes down to a big old and there's a cool like william smith showdown there's a yeah so they go around again every lap we get all 10 laps of this race yeah, we get a showdown <laughs> race a race I thought we would around get showdown like a, fights. Yeah, no, not a showdown ten lap race. And there's this whole thing where there's like it's got to be on flat pavement. <laughs> it's got to they break into <laughs> the local some college. Rules laid out. Yeah, like very honorable. Like, yeah, real code of honor between here. the heads. And uh, when you yeah. want to get jumped out of a gang to devote your life to motocross. <laughs> oh. Very different movie than advertised. Man. A real naked lunch situation. Yeah. It was great. I just I, want to keep no. that trend. I, 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 think I, had, the, I think I had more fun watching it just because I was enjoying the music and how silly it was. You know, like, it, it, I, I just subscribed early to it. Sure. I was like, it was right. a fun watch and it didn't overstay. No. It wasn't. Uh, we've watched some kind of seemingly longer flicks lately. Yeah. And this was like harmless fun. It was good though. But it was different fun than i was expecting yeah and not as fun fun as i was expecting it was a yeah. different tone i was going for totally but yeah so we'd watched some sid Haig. you watched devil's rejects i did recently i did watch catch back up on that one uh yeah he's you, definitely the best part of that movie oh yeah easily. and i uh i saw that in the theater mm -hmm. when it came out and i think saw it probably a few years with him after that but not since so it's probably been a decade yeah nine or ten years yeah that movie I've came out it. in like 2005 so it's yeah. been almost 15 years and yeah i i think i'm not really a huge rob zombie film fan uh but i definitely enjoyed sid Haig's involvement in this in, in the devil's rejects yeah, I, think, I think devil rejects makes is the best really if not uh, if not lord of Sa lords of salem i think is yeah is excellent i haven't seen that one so i'll check it out but uh, um, but yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you i didn't love his halloween's and uh, Three from Hell was fine. Yeah. Um, he has, and I haven't seen 31, but I love Lords of Salem. And Devil's Rejects, I think, is really intense. I mean, I, I think it does. You Obviously, he's a big 70s film buff. Mm -hmm. uh, cheaper Robert Rodriguez or Tarantino. Uh, yeah. Or a Robert Rodriguez who actually leaves his freaking house, <laughs> leaves his garage to stop making See the world green screen him. movies. Yeah, right. Um, but Sid Haig in Devil's Rejects is amazing. Uh, when I first saw it in the theater, mm -hmm. yeah, 15 years ago, I didn't really know Sid Haig. That, right. that whole House of a Thousand Corpses thing, that was my intro sure. to him. But I was also... A, that was his, Well, that was his revival. That was mm -hmm. his intro to a lot of people, yeah. So, And that was what drove me to see, like, who is this guy? Like, where'd they find this dude? Mm -hmm. You know, as a guy who I didn't really know. And then it's like, oh, wait, he had this whole other... And I had access to those kind of movies. So that's how I learned about Sid Haig. Nice. And, yeah, this Captain Spaulding character. I don't know where the hell that came from. I don't know whose brainchild that was. Mm. If that was Sid Haig's thing he had worked on or if Rob Zombie came up with that. I don't know. It seems like, you know, a pretty iconic, specific character. Totally. To write for Well, it plays movie. off of his strengths because it's such an animated character. And uh, Sid Haig is just, yeah, he's, we've said it several times now, but he, to me, he just has that face that oh, yeah. you just can't get enough of when you're looking at him. And uh, it's that weird kind of Joe Spinell charm, like mm -hmm. an ugly guy who has like that kind of charm for some reason. 
Like Joe Smell just seemed like a confident, cool guy, but he's like a weird, bug-eyed, ugly, <laughs> pudgy dude. Uh, and Sid Haig kind of has that same thing, but with a different kind of like snake oil salesman yeah. charm. Yeah. And the Spalding character leans into that. Sure. And oh, we get that. I love how Rob Zombie's like how Tarantino brings back kind of established actors to prominence. Rob Zombie's like, I'm gonna get Ginger Lynn, <laughs> like my favorite porn star from the '80s, into a couple of good parts. Like that's awesome. Hey. Rob Zombie just hooking up some old uh, old porn stars yeah, right. and like dotty from peewee's big adventure oh sure like sure. he's really finding some cool deep cuts the uh the dude from ken forey oh yeah is yeah. like definitely had kind of his renaissance uh ken forey is the back. other great part of, of devil's rejects for oh, sure. sure him and sid Haig, you know that friendship that they have and the whole scene that's happening at, at charlie's you know oh dude uh, charlie's the brothel ranch. is a yeah. great uh Just a great set fun yeah, <laughs> and Sid, but Sid Haig is such an important part of that because, oh man, he's just as dark, mm-hmm. but he has such a charmed delivery. Right. And hearing of those, that first scene with him, with him having sex with Ginger Lynn, where we get to see old man Sid Haig <laughs> ball bag. We see everything. We that is a uh, some late career nudity <laughs> that he lays I, it out on the line. That I bet he was totally cool with. Oh yeah. Probably and, his idea. But it's this, then it turns into this horrible like uh experience where Ginger Lynn's like holding a gun on him and making him like humiliate himself and then he wakes up in this bad dream and some uncool woman sitting next to him does the uh Oh, did you have a bad dream? Uh, 50-50. Because <laughs> we get like three minutes of Sid Haig climaxing. Oh. Is, and his delivery is so good. And it's and the yeah. movie The movie has some pretty uh, stomach-turning stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, some real human cruelty. And it, you need that break. With the uh, with Sid Haig in that movie, yeah, totally. You need that with him stealing a truck and then ruining a kid's life <laughs> by like he's this weird guy dressed as a clown. That whole scene is classic. Yeah, I think that's the best scene in any Rob Zombie movie. I don't know Sid Haig yelling at this kid, tell, and not just saying like, "Oh, aren't you scared of clowns?" But then just like adding on, it's like, and then I'm gonna come back later, and I'm gonna keep coming back. And it's just like making sure this kid never sleeps. I easy will take again. your mother out for a nice seafood dinner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just really lacquering it on, and oh my god, it needed. The movie needed that Sid Haig vibe. He did, it yeah. It benefited... That movie benefited so much from him more than almost any movie. Right. Although it also had William Forsyth going, going I do. full bonkers. I do enjoy the Forsyth stuff. Ooh. And, yeah, that movie just has... Yeah, it's one of those where it's got so many unlikable people <laughs> yeah. that it can be... It's filled with scum. A slog at, at Ken points. Ken Forey and Michael Berryman are, like, mm-hmm. two uh, maybe great. nice guys. Yeah. No, they're the nice good, guys yeah. who used to do some shit. They're they're the fun ones, yeah. They're the likable ones. Yeah, but, uh, everybody yeah. else is just the dregs. Mm. Oh, Danny Trejo, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh yeah, those guys are rough. Oh man, this is Ugly. his like best cast, best looking movie. Like, oh, he, he he. I think it hits, but it needs that Sid Haig. That's just such an important guy. Mm-hmm. Like such a that movie was made, I think, by Sid Haig just that's what solidifies his legend you know and so we watched another which i i have marked as my favorite sid Haig performance oh man <laughs> not yeah which it'd be is, tough to argue because it is uh you want to talk about a guy making a movie you know um yeah or, yeah this was a movie i'd seen before called black mama white mama and it is like kind of the women's prison film exploitation version of the Defiant Ones. Mm-mm. Instead of like Sidney Poitier escaping a <laughs> chain gang and confronting racism, it's God. I keep I keep pushing these like graphic sex women in prison movies on everyone, <laughs> and it's a thing you that might have I, to do some soul searching. Yeah, here. you know, it's a thing that I knew that I had some DVDs of. It's you know, it's a 
it's a cult genre. It's a celebrated exploitation genre, and, and but we've it's got... always me yeah. bringing them <laughs> to people's attention. Nobody, You're sick. nobody You're else sick, is man. ever the one like, hey, I've been hearing about the big bird cage, and let's. It's always me, and then it's like right. thirty minutes of softcore <laughs> in a women's prison, and me going like, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't remember this much softcore. We porn. do, yeah, we do get a bit of that. Uh, yeah, it's black, always just women mama, frolicking mama. in a shower. I mean, what do you think the movie's gonna be? It's called Black Mama, White Mama. You know, there's gonna be some shower. It's billed as like frolicking, a powerful women's movie, but you get twenty five minutes of the amorous prison guards and mm-hmm. the women just having a ball in a in a Vietnamese prison shower. There's so many confusing things about this movie. I think A that yeah, it's uh, Pam Greer and then uh, Margaret Markoff yeah. who's this Which I do, slender I, blonde actress who uh, I don't really know. I'm not really but, familiar with her. Liked her in Black Mama White Mama great, though. But she's the Black Mama. They're both it's, they're both <laughs> prisoners in <laughs> Vietnam. Or, or in some unspecified Dude, Asian these, Pacific country. We never hear in all these women in prison movies what these American women did mm-hmm. to get sent to these jungle prisons. Well, they're, well, you know, but maybe more even what they did to just even be there on this island yeah. at all. Like, Pam Greer is part of basically this harem that this major crime boss has. How does she end up at, in a harem? Yeah, what did she? What Asia? choices got made by yeah. any of these people to end up in these this glut of women in prison films? And Markov is basically a freedom fighter, so there's some sort of rebellion going on with yeah. some sort of maybe corrupt government and... How does she go from obviously studying at Berkeley or something to now joining <laughs> yeah. the front lines of the Freedom Fighters? Yeah, I'm telling you, I get that. I'm sure the tax breaks of making these films in the Philippines oh, yeah. were tremendous, but they never try to explain why <laughs> these women were having sex in Philippine prisons. <laughs> they never explain. I need a backstory on that. Maybe I don't. Maybe not. But, I don't know. We do. So we start in prison, but we don't stay there very long. Thank God, because <laughs> they do break out of prison. Uh, but they're chained together. It's white mama, yeah, black mama chained yeah, together. Yeah, the uh, uh, the and, classic story of of racism. You know, the black prisoner right. and the white prisoner. They have to overcome their differences, but they don't really have racist differences as these two prisoners. They're just annoyed at each yeah, other they just because are one wants to go this way, one wants. Other one. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a. A bad buddy comedy, you know, where it's like the two, you yeah, the, know, the movie takes some tonal shifts, but we, but I love, I do, I do genuinely like this movie. This is one. It of was, my, it was good. This is one I of my favorite it. '70s exploitation movies for for women in chains uh, uh-huh. subgenre. Yeah, this is a this is a good one. It's a good one, and it because <laughs> it's is fleshed out by you get the the beautiful locales of uh, those island prison movies, but uh, you get. Sid Haig as like a local pimp mm-hmm. who kind of runs a town. He's kind of like a Ben Gazzara in Roadhouse. Yes. But not classy. And this is such a great Sid Haig look. It's just the mustache, first of all. Yeah, he's got a big, big, droopy, droopy Zapata like <laughs> mustache. So he's got that. He's got the greatest outfits. He's always wearing all like, time. like white boot cut bell bottom tight jeans with like you know of the time butterfly collar dark blue polyester shirt mm. you know checkered shirt it's like rhinestone cowboy kind of look yeah, where yeah he's got the cowboy hat in the in the old west kind of look but it's bright yeah bright fluorescent almost colors he's like especially a, that first scene where they're playing pool he's like a different He's like one tick of the dial left of Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club. Sure. <laughs> he's uh, he's that same kind of like sleazy guy who's like, he's a pimp, but he might hang out at a local rodeo. Uh, yeah. Like that's his that's his outfit and vibe. And somehow Ruben, the maybe Jewish cowboy pimp, again, in Vietnam, yeah. found his niche, yeah, found his people, his you community know, I just there. like pimping better in East Asia. Uh, he is a... Uh, He's recruited by kind of the big mob boss guys yeah, yeah, yeah. to help find these two women. Yeah, we get this mob boss uh, hooker harem subplot that's yep. not just like these women aren't just escaping the chain gang. They're escaping their past employ. Mm. And that's when we get other legendary 
specifically for these kind of Filipino movies, uh, Vic Diaz. Yeah. As the local crime boss. Just the the job of the hut oh, of totally. women in prison films. Now, I don't really know anything about this uh, Vic Diaz. So he, You've never he was, seen this guy before? I mean, maybe. I guess I'm the weirdo that's he's, watching all these again, uh, yeah, you're, and, you're, sh- and forcing people to watch them all. You've got this genre on lockdown, so it doesn't <laughs> surprise me. But, yeah, he was basically a human slug. Oh, God. That, uh, <laughs> his whole role is him... Just sitting, being massaged by women while he gives orders out. He wears like he's like a guy Total with a Java. big belly and kind of off teeth and reptile Little, eyes, yeah, kind of. Exactly. But it, he shows up in a lot of these movies. He's in a lot of these low budget canon films and movies that Corman made in the, the sure. jungle. Good stuff. A lot of those. He fits into that environment perfectly. Yeah. And but this I think feels like his touchstone role because he's just wearing like breathable cotton shorts, flip flops, and like an unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt mm. while he just loafs. <laughs> and he talks That's really slow, and he's always getting like a pedicure, yep, or just like a massage, yep, or just getting tended to. And you hardly see this guy on his feet. No, not until the end do you even see him really move a muscle. Yeah, yeah. and everybody is petrified of this guy. <laughs> it's like, what did he do to allow him to get this relaxed exactly. in his mob boss role? How, yeah, how evil is this dude? <laughs> yeah, what earned him if, the right to just If people chill? know that he's going to turn it on, it's going to be bad, right? Yeah, because yeah. he is surrounded by a dozen guys with Able-bodied guns. men, yeah. Yeah, young, muscular dudes holding machine guns like a a coup would be quick you would just like hey let's just get him during his daily nap (laughs) (laughs) during one of his four massages that he receives he likes to be all loose like cream corn or in the pool house or pool adjacent this guy is just snacking and laying (laughs) out all day and just it's like what did he do Mm -hmm. to hold these guys in lockstep yeah and I love it I love how chill they make him because like this guy's this guy's done some shit. You know this guy's been in some mess. Totally. And our first Sid Haig. Oh, we get some classic Sid Haig scenes. I think this is if anything is going to beat Captain Spaulding mm. as his character of like most associated with. This is the one that should be resurrected. This is him. Yeah. At his most animated, mm-hmm. at his most confident, swaggering around the room. He's like Yosemite Sam the pimp. He, uh, yeah. He's, <laughs> because of his physique and the fact that everyone around him is about a foot and a half shorter, yes. he's like a giant in this movie. Yeah. He, he is towers heads, over everyone. Yeah. There's one part where he like gets in the little kind of tuk-tuk car, and his <laughs> knees are basically up to his <laughs> eyes. He's so crammed into this thing, but he's just a giant and he's all limbs and he's just kind of just yeah he's gangly but kind of like he's he's like skinny fat yeah he's like a tall gangly guy but he's like squishy <laughs> and he's wearing these polyester butterfly collar tops with with tight bell bottoms the whole movie other than his sex scene oh man we do get a Sid Haig in big old dad briefs yes <laughs> frolicking with a couple of uh Local businessman's daughters. What a weird, yeah, what a weird thing to make sure we have in the movie (laughs) is uh, Sid Haig rolls up while he's searching for these two women prisoners who, it's funny because he gets introduced maybe about a third of the way in, right, Mm -hmm. where they escape. In the great uh, pool pool hall scene. We've been watching these two women nonstop for about 35 minutes. Then he shows up. Then it feels like we don't watch the women again for another like half hour it's all basically yeah. him and the guys the movie searching just switches for him. to another story yeah and uh so you're following him around on the trail while he's you know investigating and he gets mad at the politician and <laughs> yeah. it's like no one gets to follow me and work and it's just like oh man this is so we're great a, we're re- getting into the local town politics yeah it's we're getting so, into all the political I'm hierarchies like, this is what i'm interested in yeah, yeah. <laughs> who cares about the revolution or, or the you know pam greer character not wanting to go somewhere yeah. it's like this is it and yeah he shows up at this guy's house and just doesn't ask just nope. invites himself to hang out with the daughters for a while 
but uh, it's all very, it's all very like PG. You know, it's basically him. Well, I mean, they're topless. Yeah, they're topless. So that's. But it's not. It, 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 it's him. Uh, it, it's just him. But, the, but it's all, weird. They're just like jumping on the bed. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're, it's more like they're just like uh, he's just kind of making like noises out of his yeah. stuff. It's well, I think it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was a weird. Uh, I'm uh, looting and raping your, raping your daughters but played as a joke mm. because it's almost like he's trying to bend the will of this politician. And so he seduces their daughters weirdly. And then just instantly just pretends to assault them behind closed doors to get his way. Like I'm going to assault your daughters. And he's wearing just big old high cut briefs. Right. With his, and it's like the scene like you would think in an old western saloon where the guys, you know, got the hat on crooked and a bottle of whiskey and just yeah. kind of woo-woo-woo shooting yeah, off, you know. Bang, bang, barking it in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just drinking all sloppily with from the bottle and his hat's all on crooked. And there's a couple of topless it. Filipino all 20-somethings around him. And just like, what are what is, what is this brilliant movie? <laughs> what is, What gift is this upon us? Uh so beautiful we get like a cool like gang mob shootout great shootout with sid hag and his and his scuzz buckets going up against like the local heavies mm-hmm. like oh all separate from the pam greer uh yeah i totally Margaret lost of story that's the thing i totally lost focus in them as a story oh yeah and at one point like the chains get broken i'm like wait when did that happen and wait have, <laughs> they been, have they been chained this whole they're time they're still chained together and then oh, yeah i thought i thought we dealt with them years ago i thought she said she had to go to the other town but now they're at this other town yeah i was yeah. like whatever what are they doing yeah let's yeah the whole time they're on screen i'm like I wonder what sid Haig's doing right now yeah so the whole <laughs> movie that starts with just women in prison sex you're you're pretty early just like all right, enough of these women. Let's get back to these uh, local crime bosses. Yeah, I was see what they're it. up to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sid Haig has this like probably the only movie where he has like the long stringy hair. Yeah, he's got long hair. Um, I think he had a little balding going on up top. Oh yeah, it was already hat, thick. Right? But, but he was uh, already thick. he was like probably mid early to mid thirties right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is like mid seventies. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it's like kind of long, scraggly hair and that droopy mustache like it's a cool look mm-hmm. that we don't get uh, as his usual look yeah exactly we see a lot of shaved head and a lot right. of shaved head with like goatee with goatee or beard yeah yeah i remember seeing him as a uh, in one of the great batman original batman yeah my favorite in, batman yeah he's in the 66 uh series he's right? one of like, like uh, king tut's henchmen okay and so he's got the uh, like bald head and like you know made to look like more of an Egyptian Yul uh-huh. Brenner kind of right look, and uh, as so it's like man this guy played every kind of goon mm. out there and, uh, he's just the coolest the coolest goon one of the guys who the most coolest deserved uh, a career resurgence absolutely look at he got from age sixty five to eighty it was probably his most lucrative years. And you know, life. How, from, by all cool. accounts, he really embraced it and was out at cons, even this summer when he's you know not feeling well. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, he became like a con legend. For right. I always hear that he's the most open, nice guy. Sure, kept you know the kind that you like. Oh yeah, he he's he grateful o- and he and like never raised the and... price on his eight by tens. You know, like the Walking Dead people can charge. 150 bucks for like a con autograph that's so crazy but sid haig's like keeping it at 10 bucks 10, for sure, a polaroid yeah you know that's a cool as a guy as a big pro wrestling fan i know how the merch and the polaroids table works right you know like guys can clean up way more than you know if they're getting paid 25 bucks for a show if they sell two or three t-shirts sure that's a way better, you know, two-hour drive for them. Right. And so Sid Haig going to these cons, but just selling ten dollar, eight by ten autographed just, eight by tens. That's making cool time for people and, and yeah, and like total celebrating legend. horror and the genre stuff. You know, like a fan as well as a as yeah a dude who's creator. happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, cool his stuff. his resurgence was so cool when you look at just how like we talked about how yeah. he he missed a big chunk of the eighties and nineties, just wasn't acting. Sure. It was done. And then, boom, now he's just an icon. Yeah. How cool is That's it to great. go to go from like, nah, I acted enough, and have and be a cult favorite? 
Oh yeah. And then ending up post elderly status as an icon. Right. That's just a sick career trajectory. That's great. That's well, cool. So yeah, go out. There's just see l- see anything with look Sid him up Hague. in That's IMDb and just dive in. He's to got, and see what he contributes. He's got a small part in so many things mm-hmm. in the '60s and '70s, into the '80s. You know, shoot even anything you want up Sci-fi. to non-Rob Zombie stuff like uh, Bone Tomahawk. He's in right. a scene in Bone Tomahawk is like a grave robber. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, he was in a what uh, that. He was in a couple weird sci-fi movies. Well, he's in and a sci-fi TV show. He's in THX 1138 yeah, yeah, as a yeah. small role, and then he's in stuff like Galaxy of Terror, sure, and Foreman uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, More total. Foreman. Yeah, great, great stuff. But so you really can't go wrong just because he's a Timothy Carey kind kind of totally. guy. He's where, a slam dunk, no matter where every, what. Every right? every movie is going to be as watchable even if as Timothy Carey. Even if it's not a great movie, he's going to be great in you know, it. Like that's a guarantee. I have no regrets over CC and Company. Oh no, no regrets. <laughs> and no he was a, regrets. And he was a part of that. He was great. So yeah, just take a blind stab at his IMDb. Dive in. He's he's a total legend. Can't go wrong, Sid Haig. So yeah, we it, will uh, miss him. It came to this. It came to this. Thanks for joining us. We will be back again. We've got a lot planned. Yeah. It's uh, we're October. on Facebook and Instagram and all the things where you can see us. Do the and Twitter. Tell us if you like us. I love or Twitter. Whatever works for you guys. We but love feedback and we love just, we, we just want you guys to watch movies. Yeah. That's all we want. We love them. We want you guys to do them. Let's watch some movies. Uh, special thanks to Ben the Engineer recording at Shackleford Studios. Thank you, Ben. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. We'll see you next time. Thank you.